if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. So, some things that I have heard over many years now as a sex coach, myths mm. that you need to have a degree or be certified mm -hmm. to be a sex coach. You need to be overtly sexual in nature to be a sex coach. You need to have tried all of the sexual things in order to be a sex coach. You need to trade time for money. Also have heard that the bulk of your social media posting needs to be sex education. It takes a long time to be ready and have to receive payment from clients. You need to be attractive or in a relationship in order to be a sex coach. And lastly, you need to work with all types of people all the time. Mm. Serve everyone. Mm-hmm. 
So my loves, today's podcast episode is all about the world of sex coaching, at least how we see it. We being myself, Alexa, aka that sex chick, and also my incredible executive assistant, chief executive operations officer, <laughs> uh, head uh, lady uh, operations head lady. business lady project mm-hmm. manager, mm-hmm. Uh, basically the glue that keeps all of our beautiful shit together. Mm, Bryn, she (laughs) is on this episode with me today, and we are going to talk about our journey to becoming sex coaches. Mm, So so excited. Yes. I would love to maybe hear your story first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're a little switcheroo on me. I thought (laughs) for sure I'd be asking you first, but I don't know. I would love to. Yes. Um, but you did forget chief snack officer. You are the, you. you eat three times more than I do every day. <laughs> it's really impressive. Yeah. Uh, you're a very tiny person and you like can snacks. fit a lot of snacks inside. I like snacks and I like sex. Great. So here we are. I love alliteration. Yes. Uh, all right. My journey to becoming a sex coach. Well, it involves you. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one of the phrases I love so much is that you yourself teach what you need to learn. Mm-hmm. And my journey to becoming a sex coach was very much a journey to embodiment. I was in a mostly sexless marriage. And I, I you were talking about the definition of this the other day that sexless means having sex. I think it's like one time every Less than one time a month, meaning month. 11 times or less in a mm, year. Yeah. Is technical. Sure. I don't know who made up that technical definition, but. Somebody needed to. And mm-hmm. uh, by that definition, we definitely had a sexless marriage at times. And uh, for me, when I was in my marriage, there were so many opportunities for exploration and play and discovery and and getting to know myself more intimately and I never took that opportunity. I defaulted all of my pleasure onto my partner. And I said, you figure out what I like. And I'm going to be mad at you when you can't figure out my clitoris. God forbid. And God, uh, God, for sure. (laughs) He's involved. Yep. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really rough time until I decided that I wanted to take ownership for my pleasure. So when we separated, spoiler alert, um, we separated. And the first thing I did was I hired you because I wanted to take responsibility for my pleasure. So my journey to becoming a sex coach, it started with me actually wanting to learn those things myself first. Mm -hmm. They were skills that I wanted to know. I wanted to know my anatomy. I wanted to know what actually turns me on. I wanted to know my desires. And in the process of me learning, I thought, whoa, I want to help more women do this. I want to help more women who are in my position, who have been in sexless marriages, who have no um, control or, or um, understanding of what turns them on. I want them to take their power back. Mm-hmm. And it felt liberating and invigorating because I was learning what turns me on and I was playing more and I was just living a life full of pleasure. And it became very clear that this was what I wanted to do to help other women feel the same way that I did. Yeah. Yeah. I love your story and I love your journey. And I feel like so many people 
um, relate mm. to it for mm-hmm. sure. Mine is a little less relatable. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well, tell us about I it. I mean, in a way, yes like yours no. feels and, and sounds like a lot of people's mm. stories and journeys. And mine is kind of like, oh, that's a cool movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a really glamorous and fun story from the outside. And there are parts of it that are really yeah. relatable. So yeah. I'd love to hear your journey too. Yes. And I'll also throw out for you that you didn't mention is mm. that you were trained and skilled in coaching before you stepped into this. That's so true. something like, um, you know, whether it was health and fitness mm-hmm. or nutrition at one point you owned a gym, at one point you owned a meal delivery company and you were teaching nutrition and you were Mm -hmm. teaching coaching and mindset. And I've always been a teacher. You've always been literally, literally. I was a, I was a third grade teacher. Yes. So you've always been in that position of wanting to help people learn more in various ways. I was just on the wrong seat of the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was that particular stop on the Mm -hmm. bus's journey, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, maybe this is a stop along the way too. And it's just like this sure. whole cosmic joke that this will also yeah. be a step in some direction. Though sure. I feel my seeds are pretty firmly planted yeah. and fertilized and growing in this space. But I remember actually sitting at a coffee shop and I was writing a vision for my life and I was typing all of it out. Everything from, I wanted a golden retriever and I wanted a big barnyard table in my backyard so that I could host big dinners. And then I wrote this thing down that at the time didn't make any sense. I said, I wanted to have a sex retreat. I wanted to run a retreat where women could learn how to fucking color. That was the phrase that I used. And I remember thinking, I don't even know where that came from. Right. And here I am. Oh, stepping into sex coaching. So yeah. Yeah. You've been in it over a year. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So my journey to becoming a sex coach, I will do my best to give the condensed version of this. And many of you who've been listening to the show know pieces and parts of my story. I'm going to give it to you a real quick here. Um, so that you can hear kind of the step-by-step or play-by-play. When someone asks me, how did I come into sex coaching? This is generally the answer that I get. I get asked this question a lot whenever I am a guest on podcasts. And, um, you know, people who are curious about products and services that, that I slash we offer, I get asked this question a lot. So how did I become a sex coach? I went to school. I um, am from deep South Louisiana, went to school at the University of Southern Mississippi, I went to school originally for forensic biology and within the first couple of years realized that it was going to take, I mean, I I knew this from the beginning, but I was sold this idea that I could do anything. And I really, really, I have always believed that, but a young woman going into college and, and, you know, the, the conversation I had with myself is I can do anything. And I wanted to be at that time, I wanted to potentially work for the FBI. I wanted to work. It's crazy to say this, right? I wanted to, I loved forensic profiling. I was going in this very niche, very specific direction. And I thought that that was what I wanted to do. And my hopes and dreams were crushed when I really realized just how much time Mm -hmm. it was going to take me to get all the way to the end. And there was no guarantees that I would ever be working in what I really wanted to work in. And along the way, I also realized that out of all of that schooling, I still wouldn't make like on the high end, on the really high end, 
I would eventually make eighty to a hundred thousand dollars a year. And it was capped, like hard cap. Right? And for some reason, at that time, when I was first choosing my career, it was more about like what I wanted to do. So, what do you want to do? And I didn't really know, but I knew that I was really good in this area. I went, I was, anyway, I'm not even giving you the short version. (laughs) So I'm just sharing a little bit, I would say even extra on this front end to help make this make sense. But after I transitioned, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go in the direction for forensic biology. I wound up having enough credit in in the forensics classes in order to have a concentration. So I graduated biology with a concentration in forensics. I thought that I would take all of that schooling and eventually go medical with it. So I started applying to grad school so that I could do something in the medical field with that. And while I was applying for grad school, I went on a cruise vacation and fell in love with the relationship that was going to teach me all the things Mm -hmm. um, that I didn't want in a relationship over the course of about four years. And so um, I met this person and I joined cruise ships instead of going to grad school. So I lived on luxury cruise lines, 19 different contracts or 19 different ships. Some of them were the same ship more than once um, over almost six years, five different cruise lines, because I get asked that too. I was on five different lines of Carnival, Princess, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity. Um, So I did something totally different than science because I always thought I was going to be in science or, you know, in the medical field. And I started studying art. So I completely shifted what I was learning and what I was immersed in. Um, I started studying art and I started studying sales. So I was in high-end luxury sales and I was in art education and art history um, education, I could say. And through the time that I was on ships, I learned so much about relationship, about boundaries, about being in a sexless relationship by like 23, 24 years old, completely and totally not understanding my body. Um, I grew up in a very Catholic environment. And so this was just, it was a mind fuck all of the time. And I knew just the most confusing thing to me was sex and relationships and how did I treat my body and how did I act in response to my body and all that. And so um, left the relationship, went on for way too long, but I left that relationship and I stayed on ships for two extra years. And during those two, two extra years, I hit a rock bottom that I then bounced back from. And one of those rock bottoms, and y'all know, if you're thinking about your life right now, where are some of those rock bottom moments? Mm. The ones that are essentially breakdowns, full on breakdowns that then lead you to maybe some of your greatest breakthroughs. So I had one of those moments, I gained a bunch of weight, I was drinking too much, I got fired from one of the cruise lines, and then my bounce back was heavy into personal development, lost a lot of weight, started studying meditation, yoga, mindset, got my nutrition underway, I I was thinking and feeling and being clearer, and I realized over time that the one area that was still the hardest for me to get through and understand myself was sex. Mm. And I just, the, what was available as far as sexual personal development was almost non-existent. And so, um, at that time, I, I didn't really piece that together right at first. It was after a series of relationships that really opened my eyes. 
The first one was someone who was a practicing ethical non-monogamist or a consensual non-monogamist. And when he said he didn't believe in monogamy as, you know, something that he wanted to uh, experience in his relationships and everything at that time, when he said, like, I don't believe that that's the way humans are meant to be in relationship or something to, to that effect, it like blew my brain up. Totally. Yeah. I like didn't, didn't know, know it was a construct at the time. Me either. Yeah. I didn't know there were other options. Yep. And so I was like, wow, that's crazy. And my mm-hmm. mind was blasted open from all of the other work that I'd been doing. So then I started looking into consensual non-monogamy. And then from there, that relationship, I started dating that guy. And then I sh- I switched ships mm-hmm. and I was cracked wide open in this particular area, got onto my next ship and then wound up in a relationship with someone who introduced me to BDSM. And for those of you who want to hear a really juicy fucking story, then so, go to episode three, two, two, because my mom was the first one. And then the BDSM one was the second one. Right. And at, as it stands, up to the re- this point of um, the recording of this podcast, it is the second most listened to episode. <laughs> it's juicy. It's really juicy. And so it was in that relationship that I just learned so much about myself, so much about sexuality. And the biggest breakthroughs in my personal development happened then. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I started studying sex. I started studying any, I started reading anything and everything that I could get my hands on when it came to sexuality. And I took my love for biology and my love for mm-hmm. anatomy and science and all of that and started funneling that into this particular area. Mm-hmm. And very shortly after that, I came off of ships and started attending more conferences, personal development events and workshops and learning, and then wound up starting to write about my story, write about my personal story. And then through the personal story sharing, I developed a following Mm -hmm. and that following turned into what is now that sex group, which has been going for over four years. And so through the community and through me telling stories did I have people saying, I want to work with you. What does that look like? And that was a very messy, um, beautiful unfolding of how I wound up getting paid to help people with their sex lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a, I feel like we just went on a full arc of yeah. the full story. And there were so many pieces that I, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, I want to touch on that. And I want to touch on that. And one of the things that I love so much is you touched on your ability to start sharing your story mm-hmm. and how that was really a big deciding factor in you becoming a coach, essentially. Yeah. Whether you knew it or not, mm-hmm. was you being vulnerable and sharing intimately with people that wanted to opt into what you were saying mm-hmm. and how that actually started to take you down this path of coaching. Because you're a great storyteller. Thank you. You're welcome. Even as I tried to share the short version yeah. of, I like, I'm going to tell you the short version. Well, when I was a little girl... <laughs> When I was first out of the womb, (laughs) you know, there's so many other pieces and parts to the story that you told, which was way more concise, Mm -hmm. which you can hear just in my storytelling and Bryn's storytelling and how she gets to the point. Like, (laughs) this is the reason why we work well together. Points A, B, and C. Yes. And a nice little sandwich. Yes, exactly. So, but there's so many things that we didn't share in telling that story that helped make us Mm. into the people that we are today, where people come to us in droves saying the most common and the most normal things 
that happen to people, they're sharing them like, is this normal? And am I right? And it, like, am I crazy? And is this a thing? Mm-hmm. And, and we get to be a soundboard. We get to be a net to catch them and say, this is normal that whatever you're going through. Yes. And so, yes, I have learned a lot of really cool information about sex mm-hmm. and I've got a lot of toys and a lot of product knowledge. And I know a lot about DS and I know a lot about a lot of things that have to do with sex. But what I think we spend the most time doing is holding people mm-hmm. in their stuff, in their sadness, in mm-hmm. their frustration, in their desire, in their excitement. All of that, that's what we hold people through. We hold a container for them to al- allow themselves, to give themselves permission to feel more, to experience more, to be pleasured more, to orgasm more, to want what they want and achieve what they want to achieve in life. And sometimes, it doesn't really look like a lot of sex. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We coach you in being a human that wants to have a sexual experience. Yeah. And who do you have to be in order to have the experience that you want to have? Yeah. And just like you said, sometimes there is a lot more that comes up than what type of vibrator should I use if I want to have a clitoral orgasm? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so people are probably listening to this. Let's say they're my regular old people Mm -hmm. who come to me, us, the show that are on the journey to epic sex and deeply fulfilling relationships. And they're curious how the hell we do this thing. Mm -hmm. There's, I know a number of people because a part of our business is helping people figure out if they want to become sex coaches Mm -hmm. and a part, a different part of our business, similar in the same little section is we help people who are already sex coaches who already have done the training, already have done whatever they need to do in order to get to a place where they are ready, they have coached, they've taken money, all that stuff. Yeah. And they need help with the business perspective and the business development and the systematizing and the organizing and the development. So two different things is the people who are just figuring out if they want to do it and then they are already doing it, but like could do it way better. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to... I think go into some questions that no matter where you're at, as far as my listeners or our listeners is concerned, you'll find what we're going to talk about interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because something that you didn't hear in both of our stories is we went to school to become a sex coach. And so Bryn and I have taken a look at all of the questions that we've gotten in recent times. Hundreds of DMs. Right. We've even done um, masterclasses Mm -hmm. on the subject. We've done a masterclass called The Profitable Sex Coach. We've done a masterclass called The Successful Sex Coach. So we've taken these questions and we've put them into a little list here and we are going to share the questions and our answers to the most commonly asked questions of, I want to be a sex coach. What do I do? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. What would you say? Start us yeah, off outside it. of our your journey, right? You touched on your journey. I touched on my journey. But what would you say was the biggest factor along that journey and you deciding to become a sex coach? What was that one piece that really helped you? In in becoming a sex coach. Mm-hmm. Outside of anything. How I became a sex coach was I decided to be a sex coach. I decided to own that. I decided to say I am a coach. I decided to own the value that I bring in the world and I decided to go for it. 
Um, and so that didn't necessarily mean that I was trying to help all the people with all of the challenges within their relationships and in their sex lives. But I decided to be where I was at and know that I provided value and know that I could help people exactly where I was in some way, shape or form. So figuring out how to do that in a way that felt in integrity and also allowed for me to showcase what I have inside. Mm. So above all else was a self-validation and a, I can do this and and a decision that was made of, I, I want this. I'm going to go for this. I have decided I'm a sex coach. I love that you said, and in that decision, there was a confidence in knowing I can help people with where I'm at today, because mm-hmm. I think so many, I'll speak from my experience. When I, when I decided to be a sex coach, there was definitely that, oof, the imposter syndrome, who am I to help women with this? Um, and having to consistently come back to self and go, oh, I have a lot of life experience. I have a lot of things that I have done where I know I can serve this type of person and do that with confidence. And that was me being in integrity with me. And that's Mm -hmm. what you said too, is that this was being in integrity with yourself meant knowing who can I serve in this moment. And that will shift over time with the more education you do, the more people that you coach. So I really loved that. So speaking of the, would you say the education that you do, Mm -hmm. the the coaching that you do? Mm Mm-hmm. And it, and it, uh, it comes over and over again over time. Um, speaking of that, what would you say a sex coach does? Because <laughs> I think sometimes people think that we get sexy mm-hmm. with our clients. I think some people's fantasy might be that we're on Zoom and the couple is having sex on the other side. And we're like, uh... Do this to doggy. Exactly. (laughs) That would be wild. (laughs) And for some sex coaches, I think they might do that. I would not put it past our really good friend, Kenneth Play. That's very true. I think that he actually does do that. Good Good for him. So, yeah, I I love that this is a question because it really will show the vast uh, broadness of what a sex coach can do. Um, In my experience, it has been a journey of meeting a woman where she is at, asking her, what do you desire? And then me facilitating series of the next best question and resource to guide her to accomplishing her her vision for her sex life, her vision for her relationship. And so that can look like um, getting clear on her values. Mm -hmm. That can look like taking a hard look at, is this relationship serving my highest? That can look like um, going into an exploration of self-pleasure and Mm -hmm. teaching her how to really give herself the pleasure she desires. So giving homework like masturbating more, giving homework like buying a, a yoni egg or a crystal wand. That can look like watching porn and seeing what turns you on. There's just such a vast majority of things or vast um, skill set of things mm-hmm. that we do. And it always comes back to where does my client want to go? Right. And how can I take them there? Right. And what you just said was meeting a woman. So mm. I'll throw that out there that she has defined her ideal client avatar or ICA, as we say in the biz world. <laughs> I sound ridiculous when I say that stuff. To myself, I do. I love it. Um 
she has discovered her ideal client avatar, which is someone who would you say is a person that is where you were? Yes. It is me a year ago. Yeah. It's a woman who has well, a couple of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Jeez. Um, it's a woman who feels lost in a long-term relationship, either, um, inside of the relationship container or just on the outside of it, just decided to leave a relationship and doesn't know herself, doesn't know her pleasure and is really looking to discover that again. Mm. So yes, that is my client. And there's clearly more to this conversation. So yes. What do you do as a sex coach? So I feel like I do all kinds of things and, and, um, it's still just scratching the surface. Totally. And I've also done different things over the years. Mm-hmm. And so I have, and it was fun to hear you before we started recording. It was fun to hear you talking about what you see me do yeah. or what you hear me do because uh-huh. you get an up close and kind of personal view of that. And so my clients have changed over time. And when I first got started, I worked with all types of people in all types of ways. And I really, I really admire. Um, I wasn't wanted to say the audacity, <laughs> the gall, both of those things have an edge to them that right. I, I don't, I'm not looking for, but I appreciated myself for just jumping in mm. and I appreciated myself, um, for knowing where my limitations were or not even cause I couldn't have known necessarily ahead of time. It was through exposure and through doing the work that I realized, Oh, I'm not equipped here. And anytime I would come up to an, I'm not equipped, I was kind to myself and I would refer out. And so that is a big part of what I teach. And what we teach is like, no, you can help people write exactly where you are at and you can make money exactly where you are at, but know, know where that is Mm. and operate there instead of trying to operate where you see other people operating. Um, and so at that time, you know, I, I worked with, there was a couple that I worked with that hadn't had sex since their three-year-old was conceived. And I tell this story every now and then you hear that where I was so overwhelmed by, they loved everything they saw me do online and they loved my writings. And I'd even collaborated with, um, the woman in the relationship. And I was so overwhelmed by the dynamic and by, um, the tension that was in their relationship and, all of it that I know that I helped them. But for me, as the person who was helping to facilitate, I was like completely drained Mm -hmm. of energy and it just wasn't a good fit. And they would have been best served to work with a licensed family marriage therapist. I oftentimes describe therapy as you get to work on stuff from your past and maybe even stuff that's reoccurring in the present that stems from the past. And then the coach that you work with, while they acknowledge where you've come from and where you've been, that's not the focus. The focus is on where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And so therapy, I oftentimes when people come to me, I say, great, well, now we're going to set up a support squad for you. Who is your therapist? And so people oftentimes work with me and a licensed therapist so that we can cover a lot of basis. And that way I can stay in my lane, Yeah, absolutely. which is moving us in the forward future direction. And as a client, because I was first and foremost, your client to me, that was the ultimate sign of, um, just respect and responsibility as a coach, mm-hmm. because I saw 
She doesn't have a scarcity mindset. She wants to serve my best interest. And when she can't meet my needs, she's not dropping me. She's helping me to fill the gap between where she's at. And I really appreciated that about you. Absolutely. And to think that your romantic partner can do all of the things for you and give all of the things to you. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But, and think about it from a coaching perspective too. Your coach isn't going to be able to do all of the things, but if you get a, a really good coach, they can help you put those pieces together. At least I think so anyway. Mm-hmm. Of course, there will be a mosquito flying around us. This is how you know we live in Austin. <laughs> flying around us while we record this. I'm not going to get distracted by that. You won't. You are not allowed to bite me. No. Okay. I will stop it. So other things that I have done as a sex coach. Yes, I meet on Zoom. I talk with people um, one-on-one, but I run and host group facilitations. I've helped people create you know, elaborate BDSM scenes. I've helped people date after divorce. I have even had people that I've worked with long-term trade in. There was one person in particular that traded in one of her one-on-one sessions with me so that I could communicate with her daughter, her 16-year-old daughter. And so I, as a sex coach now running a community, I am moderating and facilitating healthy. Now I know that's relative, but I I do my very best to facilitate what you would call healthy conversations amongst all types of people. So that's not just men and women, but all types of whatever a person identifies at or however they identify, um, all types of people in a way where there's compassion, there's kindness, there's love, there's growth, there's curiosity, um, and ultimately a a deeper capacity to love a fellow human Mm. um, and appreciate their their differences in how they like to experience life and pleasure. Mm. So being a sex coach for me and us at the bigger picture looks very big um, because we also facilitate healing and growing for people who want to do this work. Mm. And so um, that's been a really special thing over the last year because I wasn't trying to do that either. That was one of those things that just, presented itself. Exactly. The universe was like, we're going to go this way. So buckle up. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love hearing you recap that because in my mind I'm going, Oh, I love this work so much. Um, it's a constant reminder of why this is so important for me. And I think that's such gratification of, I am doing what I love because I hear this and I think about, um, one of our clients actually said this, she said, sex is personal development. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, I go, yeah, it is that you access and, and meet parts of yourself that you may never meet outside of a sexual container. And so it's really been such a wild experience to help people facilitate that within a relationship or on their own in a way that they get to grow and become the best version of themselves. So absolutely. We both do that in our unique ways. Awesome. So when I want to bring it back to when you were creating this uh, life for yourself, so you decided you made the decision to become a sex coach and, um, you started to coach and figure out what that meant when you were actually creating your business, how did you set it up so that it was going to match your ideal lifestyle? Mm -hmm. What did that look like? So I intentional at first, no, um, at first I didn't know what that meant to be intentional with creating a business like this. Um, when I first got started, I was shifting out of a corporate job that was 
very exciting. It was this fairy tale kind of thing that so many people in my life lived vicariously through me. And so, um, you know, I, I left structure and I left like, this is how you do this job. And I went into working on my own and working for myself. And right at first, I didn't know how to put myself to bed. Like I worked all the time. But the thing was that I didn't really know what my North star was in doing the work. And I didn't really truly have my ideal client avatar Mm -hmm. uh, understood. And so I was communicating these stories and I would have a lot of attention that would come to me and people would ask me, but it was all types of people. And I just tried to work with everyone. And so I, I did one-on-ones to the point where I was just exhausted and I couldn't keep up with the the schedule and and having an, a life and then there were times when I would work from the moment my eyes opened to the moment I went to bed and I wouldn't know what I actually did <laughs> in the day but I busied myself and so at first it was like you know a cool thing to create a business for myself but it wasn't really actually a business at first <laughs> it was just like a lot of spaghetti at the wall trying to figure it out and um eventually lots of hard conversations with myself and then Jordan and I getting together where it's like, wow, I did not create this so that I could be trapped and chained to this thing that I created all the time. And, um, it was as if I just created my own variation of a job that I wanted to, like, like I never took sick days, (laughs) you know? So and fast forward to today, where yeah. we have so much intentionality. Yes. So I'd love to hear you speak on that. And I can certainly chime in about what we do. But um, because while, yes, you could have operated in that way, taking on your first employee, yeah. it would have been a whole different story, I think, to operate at that level of um, just head down and go, Yeah, which we don't do. We have right. a lot of intentionality. and one of the best parts of working for you has been we incorporate the stuff that lights us up in our daily Mm -hmm. actions. We play with sound bowls. We pull tarot cards every single day to the point where her partner, Jordan makes fun of us. He's like, are you going to pull out the cards and play with them for an hour? I'm like, what, what if we do? Mm -hmm. Um, and we, uh, look at workshops and we created a life and business that is really fun and yeah. pleasurable. Yeah. Yeah. So you said it. So, which is great. You answered the question. <laughs> so it was great. But our ideal life looks like, you know, being able to take a part of each week and go do something that is fun and exciting for us that fills our cup up. That way we can pour that back into our clients and our containers. Um, yeah. I, I love living a life where I am actively doing my very best to walk my talk. And showing that in a way that will then give other people permission that they need a little help giving to themselves mm-hmm. to also live their life in a, in a different way. And to throw out that it took me several years in order to get to a point where it's like, okay, no, we are going to go to a sound bowl training mm-hmm. for two days this week. And we are going to prior- prioritize this next thing you know, the week after or whatever. And to, to be able to create space, you know? Yeah. 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 And flexibility. The grind programming runs deep, runs deep. And especially Mm -hmm. when you love what you do, it's almost funny because you want to work. I want to show up and do all the things. And I know you feel the same way. We even had a retreat where we 
went to a lake house, the two of us, and the goal was to plan business uh, for the upcoming year and to focus on uh, the types of clients we wanted to attract and new programs. And um, eventually, halfway through the retreat, Alexa had this big breakthrough of we how can we actually pair back and do yeah. less mm-hmm. so that we can serve more of the person that we want to serve? And we realized we had been stuck in the grind programming, even at the retreat where our whole intention was to get away and to do less. So it still sneaks in and we get to check ourselves. And that's been a, a nice part of working with you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like, like when you come over sometimes and the sound bowls are laying out and the deck is there and all the stuff is set out. And my response, as soon as you come in is all this stuff's laid out, go spend 15 minutes with yourself. Go play. Like go get grounded, go get in your body, go have a moment. Yeah. Before we start with all of this, like, when is this scheduled and when does this start Mm. and when does this end and who the fuck wants me now? (laughs) (laughs) That will come. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, Mm. I think it's really been because we start with that first dropping in, being friends, tuning into our bodies, really like looking at the structure, but knowing that flow is going to happen and and knowing that it will come up and we will let it happen. And I think that that has been a really big part of the success that we've experienced within the last couple of years and like mm-hmm. why so many people want to work with us. Mm-hmm. So, and when I said that phrase of who wants me now, who the fuck wants me now? Mm-hmm. That's because I think us living and operating this way has so many now, and this is a part of the business question and answering it is we have so many people requesting sponsorships and collaborations and that they want to participate in things with us. And they, people pitching themselves for the podcast. Like there's just so much that when I started operating in from a place of how do I really want my life to look so many doors on, um, opened up. So, Um, I would love to talk a little bit about, I'm going to go here. What Mm. makes someone a great coach? Cause I Mm. love your response to this. Yeah. So the next question, what makes someone a great coach to begin with? Mm. So there's so many answers here, but this has been a, a big personal journey for me lately is it's embodying the things that I want my students and clients to know it is embodiment. And for me, that looks like consistently doing the work myself and becoming the woman, the sensual, sexual, empowered woman that I want to help the women in my life become embodied in doing as well. And so it's constantly walking my talk, Mm -hmm. constantly looking at where am I out of integrity and where can I, like, have I been doing a self-pleasure practice lately? Mm-hmm. Have I been reading the books? Have I been uh, asking for what I want in the bedroom? And going back over and over to how can I embody this more? Because then, for example, I was telling Alexa this this morning, I went to a, uh, a celebration last week. And at the celebration, I was dancing and I was in such pleasure in my body And I was laughing with her that that night I attracted and brought in three new clients all asking how to work with me. And it made me crack up because I wasn't talking about work. I wasn't going around with a business card trying to pitch myself. Like, hi, reaching out your hand. Hi, I'm Bryn. I'm a sex Sex coach. coach. How would you rate your pleasure? Yeah, (laughs) I was just fucking being pleasure. I was living my life. And to me, 
that makes somebody a great coach. I love that. What What would you think? I think I've way? said it so many times, like you have something to deliver to the world mm. and, and you know that, and you, you feel that in your body and you honor where you're at on the journey. And I have heard it said that you only need to be 10% ahead of the client that you wish to serve or the person that is meant to learn from you or that can learn from you 10%. That's not, you need to know, let's use sex coaching as an example. You need to know every single thing embodied, you know, versus just in theory. Totally. There's some things about sex that I will never get an embodied experience. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime I pick up the book, Sex and Disability, I'm simply, there's some things that have to do with sex that I will not experience in this life. Mm -hmm. I don't think, certainly not right now. And there are certain aspects of kink that I'm simply not going to lean into in this lifetime, maybe in the next one. (laughs) (laughs) And so I believe in that though, be 10% ahead of the client that you are here to serve. And that's not a hundred percent, that was 10%. So you need to be just far enough to be holding their hand and to say, Hey, watch out. There's a stick right there. Step over it. Turn left. And we are going to turn left soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So really being there and staying out of the, and I know this place very well of what else do I need to know so that I can feel confident enough to show up and not fear that they will think that I don't have all the answers. And so then that brings up another question about imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. because there is a big difference between imposter syndrome and you not and you experiencing resistance and not doing the thing that that you just got to go. How would you how would somebody really know the difference between imposter syndrome and you don't know enough? Mm Uh, that's something that if you were listening to this and you are, you feel like you either don't know enough or you feel like you know quite a bit and you're still not doing the thing, put your hand on your heart and a hand on your belly and take a big deep breath and ask yourself, is it imposter syndrome? Is it resistance where I, I know that I know enough and it's just about me putting myself out there vulnerably. Mm. Is it about that? Is it the fear of failure? Is it the fear of rejection? That leads to, you know, whatever the core wound that is attached to that, that's going to leave you abandoned and you're not going to have any money and then you're going to die. (laughs) One of the wounds, Uh the main one, you'll die. Or is it, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, like that's the other side of it. That's because that's the other thing. You don't know what you're talking about and you don't actually have, you know, in this instance, when we're talking about sex coaches, like you don't have a broad spectrum or a full spectrum sex education behind your belt, you know? Um, and so that's, that is a thing. There was a while where I was still using, um, incorrect body parts. I was not using the anatomically correct names for things. Mm -hmm. And that was a wake up call for me, Mm -hmm. right? Like I needed to feel really solid in what I knew. Um, And for me, there was definitely a point in which I was getting consistent questions from people asking me, how did you do that? And how did you do that? And it was clear to me that people wanted something that I had, right? They wanted to embody something that I was doing and I knew enough. And the excitement was more than the fear. So I've 
was pulled in the direction of there was a literal gut response, a an inner knowing of this is where I'm going. And yeah, it's scary. It's super mm-hmm. scary. And there's as much excitement as there is fear. Absolutely. And I think like for, for people like us and maybe many of you that are listening, the work is never done. The education never stops. And thank goodness it doesn't stop because we have so many gaps Mm. in this. You know, we put a man on the moon before we knew the entire size and structure and shape of the female clitoris. So, you know, we... We mapped the entire human genome, you know, my shtick, we mapped the entire human genome before we ever knew what the clitoris actually looked like. And so there's new science coming out all the time. And that's really exciting. And so it's up to you as a person in this field to go, okay, like I'm, I can help people where I am right now and know that there will always be more for me to learn, which means put it on your fucking calendar. Today is a day every week that I go and seek new information and seek new knowledge. Um, because this is something that we haven't really dove into that I would like to. And that is the fact that this field is not regulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is we, I know that in your DMs and emails and masterclasses, we get this question a lot. Like, what accreditation do I need to get in order to become a sex coach? What is the process? Um, So can you speak a little bit to if somebody wants to become an accredited sex coach, what does that look like versus just becoming a sex coach and deciding? I really think this kind of comes back to the question that was how you're about the ideal life. Yes. So... People, go figure, are different and how they want to live their life and in the way that they want to live their life and even in the way that they want to go into schooling. Um, to just throw out a couple of things, the schooling, especially tertiary educational environments, college, whether you're going to get your undergrad, your master's degree, whatever, the school is a business and it wants to take your money. Here you come, you get studied to exchange money. I went to school, uh, like I said, University of Southern Mississippi, and I left with a degree that I can't really do anything specific with Mm -hmm. and $45,000, $45,000 at 22 years old student loan debt Yep, that was mandatory to start paying back within, I think, three years. Mm -hmm. Mine was the same, but for an elementary education teacher. So, and it's absurd as the woman that I am today to look back on that and go, how, who let me make those decisions? I was 18 when I started that, when I started fucking up and signing papers for promissory notes and all of this stuff. And I, I know why. So, you know, it's, it's really about what do, what do you, what capacity do you have as well? Like if you want to go into this space and you are, you have kids, you have a family, or you have like things in your life, another full-time job or something like that. And you just simply don't have the space to be able to give that many hours to an education. Then what are your other options? And if this place is, you know, this, the, the, the field that we are in, in a sense is not regulated. What are all of the options to get you what you want? And then the question of what do you want? Because If you want a degree, go for a degree. If you want to be a sex coach, become a sex coach. That's where we are right now. And that's fortunate and unfortunate. Really. 
Because that means that there's people who are claiming to be things that they are not, and they are claiming to know information that they simply do not know. And there is an opportunity for people like me that life led me here. And I study on my own Mm -hmm. and I study with groups of people and I study lots of different avenues um, and modalities for healing and understanding the human body and human sexuality that I'm, I'm simply not going to be afforded going down the route of gaining an education under university or something like that. Not only that, there's not very many options. There's way more options now than there were even four plus years ago when I first got started because I looked and every now and then I get a hair, you know, I don't know where that phrase comes from. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) I get a nudge or I get like a, a little something, a little tickle. That's like, check out what's available now. And then I look at it and I go, I'm still not impressed Mm. with what these options are. And then the next piece is you could go through all of that schooling and you could say, yes, you want to do it this particular way. And you want to become maybe even a licensed therapist. And it's still not going to guarantee that you're going to make any money. Right. So you could get all the degrees and you can get all of the certifications and the certificates and the, all of that. And it's not a guarantee that you will be able to turn that into money right behind it and that you will be able to, you know, supplement an income or something like that. So I'm just, I'm throwing that out there too. I've now helped two licensed sex therapists transfer or transition their business from in-person seeing people in their office, writing the things down in a regulated industry industry, under the auspices of some something, (laughs) (laughs) some, something, some, something I've now helped them take their, their passion. Mm. I've helped them to be able to create space so that they could find their passion again. Yes. And so move their practice from there online Mm -hmm. and just start marketing themselves as a sex coach so that they could work with the types of people that they really want to work with. And so that they could, their money wasn't capped. Yes. So all of that is a big roundabout way to say the accreditation process and all of that, where it's like, I just have to ask you, what do you want your life to look like? And then essentially reverse engineer it, go that route. Mm -hmm. If anyone ever comes to work with us, we will be so upfront that if you want accreditation, here are your resources in order to go that direction. We will see you in six years when you enter our business coaching program because you don't know how the fuck to make money with it. Yes. Yes. She's in flow, y'all. So, and my face <laughs> right now is so red. And that's probably because you have the, you had the space heater on. I get cold. And it's a sauna in this office. She keeps me so cold. You lie. <laughs> <laughs> You lie. So uh, just throw, I will throw this out there um, as if you, if you are listening to this and you are the person who is potentially looking for a sex coach, ask yourself if it matters Does somebody's colorful decorative papers framed on a wall is that and whatever it took, I won't discredit that those people worked for that shit Oh, totally. or whatever it took for them to get there, including the ego that oftentimes comes with it. Mm. Um, 
I gotta stop. I gotta stop. <laughs> so do you want that? Do you want that? Or do you want someone who is not afraid to say, I've been where you are yes. and here's my story and here's where I have learned because that was a big thing. You, you just mentioned that a little while ago. Yeah. About one of our clients. That story stuck with me so much. Uh, one of our clients who was a licensed therapist and stepped out of it. Um, she's now running group coaching programs and when she was a licensed therapist, one of the regulations is that you can't speak from your own experience. You have to completely remove yourself from that uh, experience. When a client is sharing something, you can't say, I was there. I can relate. Let me share a bit about what I did. You remove the I from their experience. Which is wild because that is such a fundamental piece of good coaching. And how we learn as humans. Right. I learn from what I see and what I'm watching other people do. That's why I hired you because I wanted your magic. I wanted the things that I saw you doing and embodying. I wanted that. And so to think about you not being able to share that, it's just mind-blowing. And to me, some of my favorite moments are when I am in a session with somebody and there are tears welling in my eyes because I've been there and I can connect and they see my heart and I see theirs and we both get to deeply connect and there's healing in that. There's such profound healing in that. Um, So to think about not being able to share my experience, I wouldn't want that. Yeah. That's me. Right. And then the client that you're referring to, she mentioned that. Yes. And that's why. So yes, to bring it back to her. She's now running group coaching programs and she had this moment where she realized, oh my goodness, I love this so much because I get to share now. I get to share where I've been and all of the wealth of her real life experience and how that's helped shape so many of her clients' lives now. Yeah. And some people won't want to do that necessarily. No. And so, and if that's the case and you want, and you thrive in structure Mm -hmm. and you thrive in this is the direction. Here's your A leads to B leads to C. That isn't me. That has never been me, mm-hmm. no matter how many times in my life I tried. For those of you who follow human design, I am a manifester. So I just do shit that's against whatever <laughs> the system is. Even the system I create, mm-hmm. I go against it. And I have um, a lot of vision And so this A leads to B leads to C stuff that somebody hands me is just not easy for me to conform to Mm. all of that. Like my whole life, that hasn't been easy for me to conform to. So, but I do understand that some people thrive in those kinds of environments. That's like a, just tell me what to do. And that, even though that you're so Bryn is shrugging now and gesturing to herself Mm. because she does thrive in that. And I'm a recovering structure addict also, right? So you've taught me a lot of how to trust myself. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm nodding because I also recognize that the times where I craved the rigidness in the structure, it was because I didn't trust myself. And so there is, there's a spectrum because I love me some structure. Um, And I can see all the ways in which I put structure in place so that there was no room for flow. Because God forbid something came up that I didn't know how to handle. Right. And now I trust myself. Amazing. Yeah. So bringing it back really quick to like round out that question, determine if that is important to you. Mm -hmm. If you need the paper to tell you, or you need the structure to give you guidance, amazing. Then go all in on that and move on, move forward onto the next step because people need you. 
And as long as you don't get started with whatever your path is going to be and whatever your decision is, those people don't get you. Yeah. Right. So just throw that out there. And you, as a person who are potentially interested in getting coached, decide what is important to you when it comes to feeling safety and relaxation in your nervous system enough to take guidance from someone? Do you need to know that they went through X amount of school and this, that, and the other in order for you to feel safe enough to take on their advice and to put that into practice? Or is it something different? So when you have that understanding, then you know whatever you you can get clear on whatever your next step is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Mm, We've covered so much. We have. Yeah. So do we want to bring it on home? I think so. I think we want to bring it. Bring it on home. Yeah. Whatever that means. So I'm taking a look at our little paper here. Mm. And we covered a lot of these questions. There is um, the one part where we just spoke a little bit about the whole therapy thing, the, what does a, what does being a coach look like versus being a therapist? I think we touched on that, Mm -hmm. but there is a note right there that says pro doms will know more than any therapist. (laughs) That was a very bold statement that I made. (laughs) Well, let's just think that you go to a therapist. I'm just going to paint this picture for a second and the challenge and you see sex therapist or licensed family marriage therapist, just a therapist in general. And you go to them and you have this really particular kink and you are looking for help and guidance. A, just to throw it out there, someone who might be coaching in the pro dom space will have potentially way more ability and availability to connect with you to help you with whatever your challenge is, then maybe any regular old therapist could ever possibly have. It's an embodied experience. Mm -hmm. So that's the net, the, the last piece to kind of round out where we just were (laughs) is to, to understand your challenge as well. So, you know, I worked with a couple of men, um, towards the beginning Mm -hmm. and they were both submissive men that were having a really hard time, both like CEO status in their companies that they built and made a lot of money, had a lot of power, but were very submissive. And it was a very challenging thing to Mm -hmm. go through in their life. I was way more equipped to handle that than I was the couple that had had sex since their kid was conceived and he was right, three. Right. And that was just because I understood the dynamics a whole lot more. And I'd been in some of those spaces and I and understood. Yes. I learned from a dom. I also understood the submissive perspective because I also very much resonate with that. But even in our sessions, I only had, I think two sessions with each of them before I pass them to someone else. That could serve them. Yeah. So I got them like feeling great about, I mean, as good as I could, about who they were to the core. And because I understood what they were bringing to me, I could get them feeling good about doing more work in this area. And then I was the stepping stone to get them to the next thing. They could not have gone to the next thing without me. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And when you take the pressure off of yourself to have to know and be able to do it all... You just get to show up in your gifts and where you know you can meet them. So. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Now let's land the plane. We. We. <laughs> what do you need to get started? Mm. So uh, what do you need to get started? We reflected back and um, it came down to two things. The first one being permission and permission from who is permission from yourself. Mm-hmm. You get to give yourself permission to start. If you want to be a sex coach, 
No one else is going to give you that permission, or you may think that you can get that from somebody else, but it really comes from you. It's an internal decision that you get to decide that you're ready. And then what gaps do you need to fill in your education so that you can start and be in integrity again with yourself? Because being in integrity isn't somebody, somebody else can't decide that for you. Being in integrity is a decision that you make with yourself. And so what do you need in order to feel good and show up and confidently meet the person you want to serve today? Doesn't mean that you're going to be serving the same person a year from now, 10 years from now, but you're not there yet. So just take a deep breath and see what permission do I need to give myself to start and what education do I need to fill? And it may be a lot more simple than you think. And if you still want to overcomplicate it, send us a message. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we will help you yes. make it less complicated. Humans like to make things way more complicated than they need I'm to one be. of those humans, that but this is, same. I stopped making this thing complicated. Totally. I make other things complicated mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think that that also touches on the question of what do you need in order to be in integrity as a coach? We've said it, it's being where you're at over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then that last piece too, of understanding the gaps in the sex education and moving forward with where you're at. And the being an integrity piece, um, I know we're going to tie in some resources at the end, but I do think there are some key things that have to, well, I won't say have to, that I would recommend are in place when you are ready to step into a coaching um, capacity. Um, there are certain traumas and wounds that I believe people should work on before they ever attempt to coach somebody. Yes. Um, also, to be in an integrity, I mean, there, there's a there's a lot that mm-hmm. we could go down that path. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing is really knowing like where your own edges are too, so that you're not bumping up against things that are going to stir internally for you so that your own wounding and things will come up in a coaching container. Um, so it's really taking a deep look at what do you need to work through first? Um, or just having an internal discussion of, I'm also not going to go there in this container with somebody because I haven't yet worked on this thing myself. When I was newly divorced, um, certain parts of my divorce story were hard for me to talk about because they were still really fresh. And so I wasn't going to intentionally go into that place with somebody knowing that I had still yet to heal that part of me. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that is missing from certain kinds of trainings and Mm -hmm. um, experiences where it's a lot of heady Mm -hmm. versus the embodiment piece. And um, yeah, like doing the work yourself. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk resources to really round this out um, so that people have a next step. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, the first resource that we want to recommend is actually ties really well in with what I was just talking about. Um, our great friends and trauma uh, practitioners run a program called Trauma and Somatics. And trauma practitioners. I don't know if they're practicing trauma. They're, what's their official some, title? They're somatic experiencing practitioners. Thank you. SEPs. I'm just making up names. I like. How do they practice the trauma? They they don't. They don't. <laughs> Kinda. So I don't ignore know. Ignore everything that I just said. Um, and 
know the name of their program, Trauma and Somatics. Um, it teaches you what is a trauma response. Yeah. What happens in your body? Um, what are the things that you can do as a human being to regulate your nervous system Mm -hmm. as a coach and also as a human experiencing trauma, because trauma is a very big definition and can be different things for different people. Right. And so Alex and I both chose to go through this program so that we could show up better as coaches and also so we could understand our own somatic experiences better. Absolutely. Um, we spend a lot of time as coaches, either regulating our own nervous system or helping others regulate or discharge or something, their own nervous system. Like a lot of what we're doing is paying attention to our body and our reactions in comparison to the people that we're coaching their body and their reactions. Mm -hmm. So we loved um, going through trauma and somatics and recommend doing something like that, no matter where you are at. And again, this is like, if you want to get started as a sex coach, these are tools that you can add to your tool belt to get you to a place where you can start working with people. I think in a way that confidently confidently and with integrity, because you're Mm going to feel like you put in work. Yeah, absolutely. The next one that I recommend for anyone and everyone who's working with people, and especially when it comes to working with them in a, in a sexuality kind of container or, or in that particular realm is something called SARS, which is a sexuality attitude reassessment. You can look them up and find them. There's lots of different groups that will put those on and sex educators that will put those on. But it's basically you get to experience the broad spectrum of what is available and present when it comes to humans and their sexuality. And it helps you figure out how you feel about all of these things and will help you come to certain conclusions within yourself and resolve things that might be left open. And so to give you an example, I'm from the deep South in Louisiana, grew up very Catholic. And my whole life, I understood that being gay was really, really, really awful. And so going through one of those assessments or those kinds of trainings can help with that, getting over that and unpacking that. Yeah. So that's uh, a recommendation. Mm, Love that. Um, I would also say at least when I stepped into your container, one of the first two books you recommended to me, um, because that's such an easy resource that so many people can have access to easily. Um, Two books that really stood out to me were Vagina, an autobiography. A new biography. A new biography. Naomi Wolf. (laughs) Yes. And Come As You Are. Two of those books, um, or those two books were really profound. Come As You Are was a game changer for me and that it taught me so much about my own, um, anatomy and also just permission of normalizing the vast experience of what it is to be a woman and to have a sexual experience and what that can look like. Yeah. Um, really, really great books. Come as you are also has a workbook Mm -hmm. that I love. And I love to give that as an assignment. Yeah. For clients as well as to go through the workbook, which you don't need to do them at the same time or do the book first versus the workbook. But mm-hmm. the workbook is really awesome, easy to to get through and flip through. And then if you are a male bodied individual and you're listening to this and you're like, where do I get started? Um, going deep into your own sexuality is basically what that resource and that recommendation um, means. And so whether that is getting in depth 
sex education about other male bodies, or if it is doing some more spiritually inclined work or masculine feminine type work. Um, because while we are sex coaches, yes, we are also sensual embodiment or sexual embodiment. We are a feminine embodiment kind of coaches, kind of, but coaches. So there, it looks like a lot of different things. And so um, Jordan, I would say, in a sense, is in the sex, love, and relationship space too, because he helps men become the partner that they wish to be within relationships, mm -hmm. whether they're in a partnership or they're wanting to call in the queen to be in their life. Mm -hmm. And so um, he really loves King, Warrior, Lover, Magician. That's a book. And that's on the male archetypes. And he loves David Data's The Way of the Superior Man. And um, there's another one that I'm not going to necessarily recommend. So basically, if you do those and then come to me, I'll give you the third recommendation <laughs> because it's a little harsh. <laughs> and I want you to do those first. Yep. Um, and we have one last recommendation for all of you who are looking to get started as a sex coach. This is really like a foundational kind of place. And this is whether you are looking to get accredited at some point or not necessarily get accredited, get certified or go or attend a place that has accreditation. So what we're about to say to you is one to consider regardless. It's, it's one of those um, resources and one of the tools that you can use to determine if you even want to do this mm. long term, because it's, there's something about going to school for multiple years. That's like, Oh, I don't even know if I'm going to want to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what, you know, sometimes that's the thing that prevents the person from going to the next step is because gosh, that's a four year commitment or longer. A lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. And I don't even know if I'm going to like the job. Right. And I don't even know if you, if, especially if you have to create a practice for yourself, that is scary in and of itself. And so a lot of that stuff sometimes harbors people from taking the next step. So we are about to tell you about something that is no matter where you're at on that spectrum of wanting to figure out if this is going to be the, the route that you desire to go in. And it's going to be um, something that you can go through and if you didn't do anything else after with regards to schooling or something like that, you'd still be able to leverage this tool, leverage this resource, this program, and be able to make money. Mm -hmm. And so we are really excited. The most excited. The most, most excited <laughs> about this one. Um, and that's Sex Coach Prep School. Mm, I'm so, so happy um, to share this resource publicly. and. Yeah. Sex Coach Prep School is a 12-week program that we created in order for you to become the sex coach that you've always desired and that people really want to work with. Yeah. We created it to be a foundational program. So before you go, I'm like, I can feel I, it. She's yeah, ready to want to go. She wants to go. Tell them a little bit about how it came to be. Mm. Yeah. So it came to be message after message coming through people wanting to know, I mean, essentially why we're recording this podcast, yeah. how did you become a sex coach? And what did you do to get started? So many people were asking Alexa over and over and over and over. And we were having um, sales calls with people that were wanting to step into our business mentorship, our business mentorship called Sex and Love University. And the requirement in order to get into the university is that you have to be an established coach and you 
must have taken money as a coach in order to serve clients. And we were meeting way more people that were in the, but I haven't gotten started yet. And I really want to become a sex coach, but there's really nothing out there. And so Alex and I had so many conversations of how can we meet you where you're at? Because way more people than not didn't have any experience. We had this conversation for months. Months and months and months. We didn't know what was going to come of it. We kept trying to piece all these different things together. And then eventually a wave of inspiration crashed into us, knocked us on the ground. And then (laughs) on the ground, yes. And then on the ground, we took giant post-it notes and figured out Mm -hmm. sex coach prep school, which is for everybody. All the people. (laughs) It's for all. (laughs) It's for everyone. Well, what was happening over and over again is that people were presenting us a gap. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we talk about in the university and business mentorship is identifying the gap. So where is your client now versus where they want to be? And so people kept sharing with us where they are at is that they are itching to get started in this field and have no idea where to start, or they have started looking and they are unimpressed Mm -hmm. with the options for how to take the first step in that direction. And they see us doing a thing (laughs) that they want to do. Doesn't this sound familiar that they want to do? And they say, Hey, I want to know how you did it. Can you show us? And so we kept getting presented the gap. We were not sure how to close the gap effectively. So we have not taken on clients in that particular. Well, just kidding. We did multiple inside of the university. Mm -hmm. So we also realized that a number of exceptions, we kept making exceptions to the university because people were so excited to get in. And then it just, they were on a, they were on a different timeline Mm -hmm. than everybody else. So anyway, we created sex coach prep school on the floor with a bunch of post-it notes and it was amazing. And it is the most exciting thing, um, being birthed into 2021. Mm. And so now, now, now she's letting me out of the cage. (laughs) I get to go. Um, so yeah, what sex coach prep school entails Um, From the get-go, we teach you the foundations of great coaching. What does it mean to be a great coach and how do you run a call? How do you get on a Zoom call in front of clients, whether it's one-on-one or in a group container? What do you do with the person who says, okay, take my money and they show up and you go, oh, geez, now what do I do with them? So we wanted to give you in this program so many tools So that you could get on a call and show up with confidence, knowing that you have all of these different tools available. And we're not only going to give you those tools, we're going to coach you through them. So you'll get to experience them as a student. And then you'll have so much experience practicing as a coach. That was another big piece of this program is uh, having simulations, having many, many opportunities to show up and coach because one of the biggest parts of becoming a great coach is practice. You have to coach. It's not enough to just take on and consume information. You have to get in front of people and start to actually coach them. So we'll be giving you throughout 12 weeks, plenty of opportunities to coach in our container and to start practicing outside of our container too. And then the piece that we want to make sure every sex coach has is a broad spectrum sex education. Mm -hmm. And I believe you can speak a bit more to that. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, many of you are familiar with the, our signature program is called Sex and Love Academy, and it's how to achieve epic sex and deeply fulfilling relationships. And we go in six weeks, start to finish, and we go in and assess 
every aspect of sexuality from like things that it doesn't even at first make sense that we're talking about it. And then eventually it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and it's, you know, support squad and your therapists and your best friends and understanding yourself on a really deep personal level and making sure that you're set up for success in your sex life and your own personal sex life. And then everything from that to basic sex ed to advanced sex ed. So that can look like toys and lube and anatomy and STIs. And I'm just like rattling some stuff off. That's going to be way more than this um, to BDSM, kink, tantra, and then it's shifting into different types of relationship structures and communication and um, tools in order to facilitate really great connection and really great communication. And then going into some more spiritual aspects like sex magic. And then all of that is included in sex coach prep school. But what we're going to do is every week within those simulations and on our group calls, because there's going to be calls every week, whenever you go through this, you will be coached on how to coach on these topics. So you'll get to experience it yourself. And then this is very meta, right? Then we will talk as coaches about coaching on the subject that you've just learned about. (laughs) So we want embodied experiences, Mm -hmm. meaning you're doing the work yourself. And then we're talking about how you can also facilitate containers that have to do with these varying subjects. We want to expose you to a lot. So when you get the real life human in front of you that goes, oh, I have herpes or, oh, I've never bought a vibrator or, oh, I've never had an orgasm. You've encountered these questions or these topics and you know how to navigate them. Yeah. And if you don't, you're also confident in the, oh, we've just hit something I'm not equipped to handle. And instead of feeling, oh my God, they're going to figure me out. No, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. (laughs) Instead of that, you will go, oh, I have, here's who I'm going to put you in contact with. I know how to refer and do it confidently. And do it confidently and Mm -hmm. feel empowered through that situation. And then we're going to hit you in the face. Just kidding. From a place of love, we are going to gently usher you into a cloud of business 101. Business. Business 101 followed by sales 101. Once you have all this information, how the hell do you make it a business? How do you market yourself? Yeah. Because if you don't know how to market yourself, and I believe you touched on this earlier, you can have all the sex education in the world and even all the coaching experience in the world. But if you don't know how to get on a platform, a platform of your choice and talk about your offer and make an irresistible offer so that people actually want to work with you, then it's all just going to stay boxed up. Absolutely. And people cannot say yes to things that you don't provide them as an offer. Right. You know, (laughs) and so what are your offers Mm -hmm. and creating the structure and then going back to your ideal life. Mm -hmm. So how do you take all this information and go, okay, I know this information now. How do I create a business that is going to support me in being able to get off of work, so to speak, so that I can be with my family every evening for dinner? Mm. Or how do I make sure that I have every weekend off? Or how do I just all of the setup Take the information, look at how you want your life to unfold. We hold the container and give you guidance throughout the process. And let me tell you, while it's exciting, it's also equally messy. And we are so excited to play in your mess (laughs) Um, and also celebrate you. Mm. And then the last part is content and sales. So, so many people come to me and are like, I just don't know how to share. Mm. And we have got that down. Yeah. We crank out content 
the famous word content, like it's nobody's business. Mm -hmm. And we are really good at sales because we are, I believe we feel so passionately about what we do Mm -hmm. and we have been through the ringer in a lot of ways with regards to our subject matter. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've tried a lot of things on. I've thrown a lot of spaghetti over the last four plus years. (laughs) And so what has stuck to the walls, I'm now pulling it down and making products and services with it. And so, um, yeah, I believe that that is is felt. We know how to speak to the people that want to work with us. I believe that you're listening to this right now. And so if you've made it this far and you're like, "Ah, I want to be in sex coach prep school, join us. Yeah, it's happening. Our very first cohort is happening Mm. January, 2021. So exciting. Yeah. So how can they do it? We have a link that we'll share in the, the notes that you can click on. You can get all the details and there are a couple different ways to pay and join, but it's really simple. Um, all you have to do is just find the link in the show notes, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but we'll, <laughs> we'll put it in there. <laughs> yes. And so that's it. That's it. That's it. It gets we've, to be did it easy. We've talked <laughs> about all kinds of things. And hopefully those of you who have made it all the way to this, that are feeling the call in whatever way, shape, or form to doing this work, answer it. Answer that call. Answer that deep knowing the universal nudges. You're listening to this and you're vibing with this for a reason. Honor it. And that might look like reading the sales page that has all of the details and the information about sex coach prep school. Maybe it just takes you as far as listening to this podcast, you ordering one of the book recommendations that we suggested, and then checking out the sales page. Maybe it doesn't even mean that you join this particular cohort, or maybe it does, whatever it is, wherever you're at on the, I'm ready to take whatever the next step is, just take it. Mm -hmm. Like we're telling you here, just fucking do it. The world needs Your magic needs, I don't use that word very often when I'm using it here with a lot of oomph, needs who you are, what you've been through and what you've learned on the other side of it. Thousands, if not millions of people, their life will be made so much better Mm -hmm. just by you sharing that. So you are vibing with this for a reason, honor it and take whatever the next step is. And if that next step is doing something like sex coach prep school, where you are held in a container by Bryn and I, plus some of our other students who've gone through our Sex and Love University program that are walking their talk, that have been through work with us, then let us hold you through that. It would be an absolute fucking honor to work with you and to help you take your next step. Hmm. I don't even want to speak after that because that was perfect way to wrap that. So what she said. Mm. Love y'all. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.